DiscerningHearts.com presents The Great Cloud of Witnesses, Guides for Prayer, with Father Mark Sizza. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states that the witnesses that have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those that the Church recognizes as saints, share in the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, transmission of their writings, and their prayer today. It goes on to state that many spiritualities have developed throughout the history of the churches. The different schools of spirituality share in the living tradition of prayer and are essential guides of the faithful. In their rich diversity, they are refractions of the one pure light of the Holy Spirit. The Great Cloud of Witnesses Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Sizza. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Sizza, thank you for joining me. Not a problem, Chris. Always a joy to be here. I have to ask you this question. Are the angels members of the great cloud of witnesses? Well, if we look into the the catechism of the Catholic Church, it it talks about that. It's And it talks about, because when the catechism goes through, um, as it's going through the creed, it's talking about, about creation and how Christ is the really the center of all creation and all creation comes in and, and through him. And it, it also then goes and it talks about the angels in the life of the church. And it said, in the meantime, the whole ch- life of the church benefits from the mysterious and powerful help of the angels. In the liturgy, the church joins with the angels to adore the thrice holy God. She invokes their assistance. And in the, and in the funeral liturgy, in the Presidium Dedicum De Angeli, may the angels lead you into paradise. Moreover, in the Cherubic Hymn of the Byzantine liturgy, she celebrates the memory of certain angels, more particularly St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael, and the guardian angels. From infancy to death, life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd, leading him to life. And that's a quote from um, St. Basil. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of the angels and men united in God. So so to answer your question, based on that, yes, the angels are members of that cloud of witnesses. And and it's a beautiful part of just how God has uh, has designed that. When you think about the the liturgy and there's um in, in the old testament in the in the book of isaiah and in the book of ezekiel there there are visions uh, of angels there's visions of uh, of heaven and the blessed seraphim in the book of revelation uh we see again that that divine liturgy and and at the center of that all is uh is christ you know seated on the throne and, and the father and and in in the holy spirit and not only present in the, in those those divine liturgies are are all the saints those that have washed their robes clean in the in the blood of the lamb but you have all the cherubim all the seraphim and all the angels you know, surrounding the throne of the lamb and worshiping god in in the the ancient hebrew it, it's kadosh 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 adonai sabaoth holy 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 is the lord god of armies and and that's you know that's that's a part of it. So when we when we participate 
in the most holy and sacred liturgy, the Mass, is one thing that, that we always want to remember is that not only are we present there, not only are uh, the saints there worshiping with us with God, but also mystically present in, in that in that moment is are, are the angels and because they are there with us praising and glorifying God. And so they're, they're very much uh, a part of that, of that cloud of witnesses that, um, that, that are, we are united uh, together um, as members and of that cloud of witnesses and united to Christ in the church. One of the great witnesses that we have is one that's given to us personally. I mean, what a what a tremendous God, isn't he not, Father Siza? When you think about that, he gifts us with the presence of an angelic being to witness yeah, for us. Yeah, and to think about that, because you know, sometimes we have a a little bit, especially from art, it's it's hard to it's hard to come up with an image of an angel because they're they're pure least spiritual beings. I know my mom used to have these, uh, she liked these angel calendars and they're like fat little kids <laughs> with wings and things like that. But, but they're much more than that. If you think about the, the hierarchy of creation, um, and you, you start out at the lowest level, the, the in, inanimate objects, and then, then you move up to the next level, you have vegetative light and, you know, plants and things like that. And then you have move up another level and you have animal life, you know, like dogs and cows and horses and cats and things like that. But they, those animals, they obviously they don't have an immortal soul as, as human beings do. So then you go up another level and you get to, to human beings and human beings are, are rather interesting because we are, we're not purely material beings, but we also have that, that's we're physical and spiritual beings that we have the in common with the animals that we have a, a body we have we're able to grow we're able to reproduce you know all those different types of things that 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 the animal life is able to do but we have something more than that because we also have that that spiritual part of us the um the immortal soul and so above human beings in that hierarchy is our purely spiritual beings. And, and obviously at the, at the top of the hierarchy is God, but between human beings, which are material and spiritual, you have a purely spiritual being that is, is not God. And those are what we call the angels. And, and so they have in the order of creation, in the hierarchy of creation, theirs is higher. They have a higher nature than we do. They are, they're more powerful, far more powerful beings than, than we are. And yet God sends them to help us along our pilgrim journey to, in a certain sense, to serve us. And, and that's a, that's an amazing thing in the, the tradition. It goes back in, in sacred scripture, uh, it roots that in sacred, the writings of St. Jerome and of St. Basil that, that, that talk about all of us human beings having a, a guardian angel. Uh, in the Gospel of Matthew 18.10, he writes, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels 
always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. And so that that statement from our Lord Himself is the is really the root of uh, of our belief that that each one of us has has a a personal protector, as it were, uh, someone to lead us, someone to guide us, uh, someone to guard us uh, in this world. Because there are a, there are a lot of dangers, there are a lot of snares, there are a lot of you know the devil lays traps for us. And so there's there's a spiritual warfare that is being waged around us, even though that we may be very much unaware of it. And so it's very good for us to be uh, be aware of our uh, of the presence of our guardian angel and to and to pray to our guardian angel, because that's something that, again, it helps us just to remind us uh, of just that that the need that we have of really how, how fragile we are in, in this world. And, and so God has sent us this, um, this angel, uh, to guide us, to guard us and to protect us. And that's one of the things that I look forward to is, you know, God willing, I make it to heaven is that uh, I look forward to meeting my guardian angel and I look forward to getting to see all the things that, that this angel has done for me during the course of, and during the course of my life and, and to thank to thank him for that. They're with us in all those moments, aren't they? I mean, we're never truly alone in those times of great joy, but also in those times when we feel so isolated. It's important to recall that there is that great touching of the sacred, of, of that presence of the angel with us, even in, in our great, in great suffering. Exactly. And it's something hard too, you know, because it's a, it's a spiritual reality that we, we are not able to normally, we're not able to per- perceive, you know, some of the great saints, you know, like a St. Faustina, um, at times she would see her guardian angel or a, a St. John Vianney at times he would see his guardian angel. Uh, but for, for the most of us that don't have those types of mystical experiences, um, you know, we, we aren't able to see that. And so sometimes it is because it's not visibly present to us. You know, there, there's the old proverb, out of sight, out of mind. We may not, during those times of suffering and during those times of difficulty, we may we may feel alone. We may feel isolated. We may feel that there there is no one because we don't have a visible human presence around us. We can feel isolated and that there may be nobody that cares for us. Maybe that nobody is with us. But when we can develop a devotion to our guardian angel, uh, which I think is very, very important, it is then that during those times of difficulty, during those times of trial, we can call upon that angel for strength. And I think that that's something that, that Jesus shows us in when he's in his suffering at the garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, all of his, his disciples whom he, he, desired to have around him the apostles they're off they're sleeping <laughs> they're nowhere to be found to to help him in his agony mm-hmm. and yet god sends that angel to minister to him to give him consolation during that during that time during that time of suffering and, and what that that shows us is that jesus whole life was was revelatory it, everything that he did everything that he he said reveals something to us and part of that revelation of that moment, I believe, is that he's revealing to us that during our moments of trial, during our moments of difficulty, 
even when everyone may be sleeping, everyone, everyone may be, have abandoned us, we're still not alone. That God still will send his angels to guard and, and to help us during those difficult times of trial in order to strengthen us, to be able to persevere and to be able to carry that burden that, that, that God has asked to share uh, with Christ. Father, talk to us, if you would, about uniting our prayers with our guardian angel, and maybe mm-hmm. even in the broader sense, it, the other wonderful nine choirs of angels that, that church tradition teaches is, exists. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in the, uh, in the, uh, it's in the first Eucharistic prayer, uh, what's sometimes called the Roman can- canon. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, uh, may your angel take this, this offering, you know, to heaven. And, and the angels, the, the word angel in itself is someone that it means messenger. And so if you look throughout the Old Testament and in, in, in the New Testament, you have these, these angels that are communicating to the people of God. Uh, not only protecting them and helping them, like as in the case of Lot or uh, someone like that, or in the case of, of Tobit and uh, the angel Raphael coming to him, helping him, guiding, uh, protecting him. But but you also have the angels as messengers communicating to people the will of God. And so prime example, the Annunciation, who comes to Mary, but the angel Gabriel. And so it's, so those angels, they, they, they communicate to us God's will and they help us to know and to understand God's will, but they also assist us in, in offering that prayer and, in offering that, that sacrifice that we make uh, to God. They are the ones that are able to, to communicate to God, those things that, that we are offering up is especially when we are most intimately united to God and when we're making that, that greatest sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ on the cross in, in the Holy Mass. So the angels are, are helping to lift up our prayers and our petitions and, and are presenting them um, before, uh, before our Father in heaven. And so that's a beautiful way of, of understanding this, this mystical relationship that, that we have with the angels and their, their ability to assist us in, in, in that offering of prayer and of sacrifice and of suffering that, that we may be offering. And so that's why it's, again, it's, it, it's very beautiful to have a, a strong devotion to our guardian angel to, to help us in, in offering those prayers and sacrifices to the Father. Father Sizza, we we speak of things visible and invisible. We also know that not all angels are holy. How much of an awareness is a healthy awareness of the influences of those not so holy angels? Yeah, we want to have a see. That's one of the things that when I, when I teach uh, the kids in high school, they're they're uh, they're fascinated by things like 
exorcisms <laughs> and demons. You know, it, you know, you could talk to him, you know, about the the, the beauties of the Eucharist and, and, and Jesus coming to us and, and and meeting us and having communion with God and in the Mass of how we are uniting our prayer and have the cloud of witnesses there and we're singing together to the praises of God and they're you know they're kind of falling asleep a little bit. <laughs> but you know, you start talking about mm-hmm. about exorcisms and 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 demonic influences and they, they, oh, they grown ups are the same way. <laughs> Yeah, Adults exactly. are the same way. <laughs> we we have kind of a I don't I don't know why it is, but maybe it's because of our fallen nature, uh, or maybe it's just because there's a it's more of a visible manifestation of those spiritual powers that that maybe fascinates us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- it, it's I think it's good to have knowledge of it. But at the same time, we don't want to have an unhealthy curiosity uh, for it because I think that you really have to, um, you really have to balance, uh, one with the other. We, we need to have a, we need to have a knowledge of it because we need to know how the evil one may be acting in our life and how the evil one can act in our life. You know, the, the normal way that, that the evil one acts in our life, that the, the, the bad angels do, the fallen angels do, is, is through temptation, you know, to try to tempt us into getting uh, to sin and things like that. And for a, for a wonderful, it, it's written in fiction form, but I think the, the truth that it communicates is, is very, very good is C.S. Lewis's uh, The Screwtape Letters. Mm-hmm. He just has a, he has a remarkable insight into just how temptation works and how the the evil one works in our life. So I think it's good to to have that. I think it's uh again we have to have some caution, but it's good to know that you know we can uh become possessed by demons especially if we're you know doing things like using Ouija boards or you know having conducting séances or doing other pagan practices that open ourselves up to those, uh, to those evil influences. But on the other hand, we don't want to have a kind of a horrified fascination with, uh, those dark things because they can be attractive and they can, you know, we don't want to, you know, to see the devil behind every corner, you know, lurking for us and, and see in every, um, Everything that goes wrong, you know, is, oh, that's, you know, I, I've got, I'm oppressed by a demon. You know, so sometimes those types of things can happen. Mm-hmm. But there are also natural explanations for those things as well. And so, like I said, there has to be a balance uh, when we when we look at the, at the dark side. And the main thing for us t- to remember always is that Christ is... The devil is not on the same power as Jesus Christ. He's not on the same level as Christ. the The power of Christ is is the power of God. God created all of the demons. Um, he created them to be good as 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 good angels, but they they rebelled against God. And so, as long as we are close to Christ, as long as we give ourselves to Him, we don't have to worry about those demonic things. You know, we will be able to overcome temptation. We'll be able to overcome sin and 
we will be able to overcome those those evil influences in our life, those demonic influences. And so, like I said, we have to we need to have a healthy knowledge, but we don't want to um, be too focused on the evil things because we want to be focused on the good news, which is Christ Himself. Would you say, aside from God, that there is not a being out there that knows us as well as our guardian angel? Do they maybe even know us better than we know ourselves? I I think that that would be accurate to say because the angelic knowledge is is so far. The, the angels have a, a a knowledge, and this comes to us through Saint Thomas Aquinas. That the angels have a knowledge that is directly infused by God, and because the angels are already in heaven, that knowledge is far more perfect than anything that we can have in this life. And so, because what the angel is able to see is the angel is able to see us in relationship to God and to see what God has intended for us. And so that gives them a a far more sublime and far more perfect knowledge of, of us than we even have of ourselves. And so that's a, it, it's a beautiful way of, of, of thinking about just how much they, they're able then to love us because they see us in the light of God's love. And they see us, you know, in spite of the difficult things that we may have in our life, despite of our, in spite of our woundedness uh, that we may have, the angel sees us in relationship to God and he sees what God has intended for us. And he sees the eternal life that God has prepared for us and the intention with which God has made us. And so it, they do have a far more uh, perfect knowledge of, of us than, than even we have of ourselves. I've heard it said that the guardian angel that accompanies us in this journey of our life, it, this is what he does. Or she, or I'm, I'm not sure. I don't believe they have a gender necessarily. No, I, no, because gender is is something that com- it's a part of material creation, mm-hmm. and so it really doesn't. Um, it, you can't um, really use that as, um, you know, as as applied to uh, as applied to purely spiritual beings because they don't they don't reproduce, you know, like they're, they're created directly by God. And, you know, we, as human beings, we, we participate in creation and and we reproduce and things like that. And that's Mm -hmm. something that is essential, uh, to, uh, to that, that, that idea of, uh, of gender and sexuality, the sexual differentiation. But, you know, in, in sacred scripture, I mean, it does reveal, you know, certain names for, for three of them, Gabriel, Raphael, and, and Michael, but even then, you know, and I think it, it does refer, you know, uses masculine pronouns to refer to them. But again, properly speaking, they really don't, um, they really don't have a, they really don't have a gender. Um, but they, it is something that, um, you know, just, it, 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 it is a really a beautiful relationship that, that, that God has, uh, given, uh, to us in, in giving us a, a guardian angel, you know, to accompany us on that, on that journey and to guide and to protect us. And that's their, that's their mission <laughs> that, that, that God has given to us. Uh, and again, to the idea of them serving a lower being is something that is really quite, 
uh, fascinating in, in the plan of God. Well, it, I know that it, it's been said by many of the saints, and most recently I've read in the writings of John of Avila, the, the doctor of the church, lifted up Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, that in our prayer, in our discernment in particular, how we live out in the world, that we do have those things that will influence us, whether it's it could be the evil one in those in that demonic realm, or it could be the world, or it could be us, as well as the influence of God trying, you know, calling us closer to Him. And for us in our prayer, Father says it, it seems as though we'd be foolish in not calling on those angels to help clear out many of those things to act as a barrier, as it were, to those those three other influences. Oh, definitely. It, it, you just, because there, there is a, as I said earlier, there's a, there's a real spiritual battle. There's a spiritual warfare that is, that is taking place. And it just as an army, if you have an army that you have just one person, then they're off by themselves. They're really, they're, they're a sitting duck and they're, they're easily defeated. But when you have that that army that is that is gathered in in battle formation, and that is 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 ready to attack, there's there's a there's a strength in a number, and so that even if if one of the members is wounded, there there's other members there that are there to close the gap and to help uh, to tend to that that one that is wounded, and to to help get them back to back to full health. And so for us in that, in that spiritual battle that, that we are engaged in, we definitely want to make use of all the means that God has given to us. And one of the means that God has given to us in fighting um, against the evil one is that power of, of the good angels. And that's why, especially in the face of temptation, when we may be tempted to sin, we really want to, to invoke our, our guardian angel in, to, to help us and to assist us. Uh, during that battle, and they they will, and that's something that that we know that we can we have at our disposal <laughs> the, the the weapons that that God has given to us because He has given us these these strong protectors uh, in Christ. Oh, I wish we had more time, Father Siza. But in, in coming to a, a close on this reflection, essentially, and teaching on on the angels, and in particular, our guardian angel, how would you have us engage with them, communicate with them, uh, if we've never really took seriously that that gift of, to, to really reflect on that, of, of the presence of our guardian angel? When I was... Uh young, I was probably, I don't know how old I was, I was probably maybe three or four years old. I remember uh, my dad uh, teaching me how to pray. And I remember after the, after the sign of the cross, um, the very first prayer that, that my dad taught me was the angel of God prayer. And so, you know, as a child, that was something that I always grew up with was that that awareness of my my guardian angel and that was through that just that simple prayer 
um, the angel of God prayer. And so if somebody is just looking for, <clears throat> excuse me, is looking for some place to start, you know, something as simple as that is, you know, that's where, that's where I as a child started. And so if we have never developed that, that relationship as even as an adult, there's no reason that that wouldn't be a good, good starting place for, for all of us. And it's, it's a simple prayer. It's easy to memorize. Uh, it's easy to say in, in time of temptation. And, and what that begins then is it begins, it's something to begin the conversation. It's something to begin the development of the awareness of the presence of, of our guardian angel. And the more that we uh, are able to develop that, then the more that that, that beginning is able then to turn into a, a, a conversation uh, that, that we are able to have um, with, with the guardian that is always present with us. Would you mind reciting that for us? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God loves, entrust me here. Ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Amen. 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 Ah, oh, how wonderful. And Father Scissor, for those out there who are listening, it, any resources or any uh, uh, books, anything that has helped you over the years in coming to a closer relationship and understanding of the angels? Um, the Catechism has a, has a really nice section. Uh, for those that are a little bit more uh, intellectually adventurous, <laughs> nice way of putting uh, that. Saint Thomas Aquinas has a beautiful treatise on the angels. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult to, um, not not impossible, but it, it just takes it takes a little bit more time and it takes a little bit more thought to, um, to kind of to plow through. Plowing through it is probably a bad mm -hmm. bad image, but but you know, it, it takes a little bit more intellectual um, effort to. Um, to get through it, but it really is um, one of the most beautiful treatises that I've read um, on the angels and and also on the demons. And so I think those would the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Saint Thomas Aquinas. Um, there's some shorter um, uh, articles like on uh, NewAdvent.org uh, has the uh, Catholic Encyclopedia that has some good uh, some things that are more of a summary uh, of those, uh, of those teachings. Um, so any of those I think would be, would be excellent resources to, to get somebody started on it. Perfect. Perfect. And I, I, and you mentioned earlier, just sometimes even in the writings of the saints, you mentioned St. Faustina, mm -hmm. who yeah, and, made us very aware of, of the presence of angels. Yeah, exactly. And they'll have, you know, a lot of the saints will have stories about, you know, just having visions of angels or their guardian angel of how their their angel was helping to um, to protect them. You know, in the writings of the church fathers, you know, I mentioned, you know, St. Jerome ha mm -hmm. has some writings on the angels, St. Basil. Um, the church fathers are always excellent uh, resources as well, but you, sometimes you have to kind of look a little bit more uh, to find particular, uh, particular topics like the guardian angels. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today, Father Siza. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to The Great Cloud of Witnesses, Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Sizza. To hear and or to download this episode, 
along with many others. And to learn more about the great cloud of witnesses, the saints, blesseds, and others of the church, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join us next time for The Great Cloud of Witnesses, Guides for Prayer with Father Mark Sizzah.